you know, by listening to them sing that, and what is the one truth that we find in it is that God is good. And many of us have heard that many times throughout the years, but in our reality, he is really good. Tonight, this morning, I'm going to talk to you about influences. I'm going to remain calm and stay uh, well-suited in my mind, I think. Uh, but I want to talk to you about influences because we all have been influenced. Even in this congregation, you were here for a variety of reasons and maybe in different places, setting and different things. But um, when you think about what they sing, how many of y'all sing this morning? Anybody lift up your voice and sing? Any of you? Three, four, ten, twelve. I heard a lot of voices in the last part when I was sitting up here. I could really hear you all. And you're all made an impact upon you by what you hear. And with that being said, I'm influenced by everything, by what I watch, what I listen to, who I go with, and who I hang around. Who influences me? Who's influencing you and and the way you live and the way you act and the way you respond? Normally, you can see your uh, reactions are the way those that you hang around are. Yeah. They have a tendency to... uh, being negative, and they also can be positive. I'm going to go into the scripture in different places and, and, and look at scenarios that people are in, 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 under the influence of those around them. And uh, first place I like to go to is First Corinthians chapter 15. It's really not a place. It's just a, a quote and a, a statement that is made. Verse 15, uh, chapter 15 and verse 33. Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. And I began to think about, did I ever have any evil, evil, evil communication come out of my mouth and the influence of, in my life? I'm trying to calm down. <clears throat> uh, when I was sitting there thinking earlier, I thought about some different examples and some examples I've used here before. But I remember, um, you all have heard this story before, but I remember how God had mercy upon me from the people I was hang with when I was in high, before I got in high school and junior high. Um, you remember me telling this story about my mom cleaning out my closet, and, and yeah, you remember that, you found the rolling papers, you know, and, and it was so ironic. Um, I just put them there the day before, and my mom decided to clean my closet, and she found the rolling papers there. And I didn't really know what they were, I had an idea, but didn't really know. And But I thought about that now, many years later, that was the first store to my life being exposed to something that shouldn't have been in my life. And I thought about the influence of this guy, and, and he was, we hunted together, and we ran around together, but it was a, an influence that could have been very detrimental to me and could have changed the whole direction, could have changed the whole direction of my life. Unbeknownst to me, my mother going to find him that day was the thing that, that called me on a carpet. He would know the next time he would have had me maybe help him roll a joint or and maybe help him smoke a joint. And I don't think about God's mercy. I never thought about it like this. It was God's mercy that got me exposed so the truth would come out so that I didn't have a lifetime of, of heartaches that I've seen so much in my life now with our kids. You always change around those who influence you. And I want to I want to talk to you for just a minute about the people that are around you, you always act like. 
if you don't like the people you're, you're around, if you don't like the way they behave, you don't like the way they, they, they carry themselves and the way they respond to things, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little shorter fuse than I used to be, uh, not, okay, pretty short. We were at a, at a restaurant this week, and, and uh, we sat in there patiently. It was called uh, Shoeless Joe's, and we just ordered a little pizza-looking thing. And the guy came out, and he kept coming back and telling us it was almost ready, it was almost ready. And finally, I said, well, it took 45 minutes. Isn't that long enough? I don't know what I said, to be honest with you. But that was supposed to be funny. Anyway, but <clears throat> influence. The word so Jane and Bobby, don't listen to anything I said this past week. Uh, this, in 1 Corinthians 5.33, be not deceived, devil communication uh, corrupts good, good character. <clears throat> do not think that you're above being influenced. And I don't care how holy you are and how just you are. But you bring one person into your life, as you begin to follow them, you begin to do things with them, they will begin to influence your outcome. They will begin to change in, in your, their communication skills. And, and the details of your character will be forever changed. Have you, how many of y'all have ever seen yourself be influenced by those that, that in a negative way, uh, you came in here this morning. You came in here this morning hopefully for a positive influence in your life so that you can have freedom and you can, have, you can uh, embrace the things of the Lord more and more and more. But how many of you ever watched yourself and watched one person that comes back into your life and you begin to watch yourself fall? And so what happens, well, let me give you a story. We have a dog at home. His name is Charlie. <clears throat> Anybody know who Charlie is? Well, Charlie is a dog, and he's a brown lab, and, and he's, uh, he's not ours at all. He's my son's that I inherited that I didn't want, that, that I'm raising or taking care of, whatever. <clears throat> well, about a, about a week and a half ago, there was a little dog that came to the house with Charlie. And he was a cute little dog. He's got some chihuahua in him, and, and he was kind of blonde, and, and he has a little curly tail and a white tip on the curl of his tail. And he just, you know, my daughter's kind of goofy. Oh, he's so sweet. And, and so I sat back, and I would just watch from the window at him. And I watched our dog begin to transform. This is similar. This is, I'm not calling you all dogs. <clears throat> but I'm saying we have a tendency to follow just like what we hang around. And I watched this little dog, although he's not even half as big, but he's very influential. The way he barks, the way he approaches people, and the way he chases cars. And I watched him. I watched him out the window, and I watched different things they'd done that I didn't like his behavior at all. And uh, so yesterday, uh, Charlie and him were out there, and a car came by, and they began to run up there after him. And I never understood that. I don't know what they're going to do if they caught the car. I don't know what it is. But, but <clears throat> he went completely nuts chasing his car, and Charlie, Charlie followed after him. So my neighbors came and told me something about the little dog, blah, 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 chickens. I don't know what that means. Uh, <clears throat> but I knew that it wasn't long before he had Charlie chasing chickens and killing them as well. So I didn't, I didn't say anything to anybody in the family or anything, really. I just went ahead and went out there and got the little dog. <clears throat> That's all we'll say. And uh, <clears throat> needless to say, he's not at our house anymore. I didn't kill him. I did not kill him. Um, but I thought about how, how powerful was his influence. Now, there's so many things that influence us. It can be positive. It can be negative. But that was a negative influence. Although he was fun to watch and, and people had comments about him. But, but it was a negative influence in his life. <clears throat> See, the subtle influences, although he's nice to us, 
or this was the very thing that was going to take him down the, the path to being just like him. You ever been around somebody and you meet them and you think they're really neat the first time you meet them and, and you hang out with them? And, but for something about them, there's something about their spirit and something in the way they say things, you got to check in yourself. And, I don't know if I need to hang around them or not. More than likely, you probably don't. And I'm not sitting here wanting you to blast anybody or say that you're better than anyone. But it's important that you view everything about them if they're, if they're beneficial for you in your life or not. And the second point I like go to, to go to is in uh, Mark chapter 14. I'll, <clears throat> Mark chapter 14, I'll tell you the verse in a minute. In a minute. You know the statement you've heard, um, people look for something in common with them. Let me tell you what happens. If you are a person who likes and you have a certain characteristic about you, a certain thing about you that you like, and uh, you begin to look for someone, you begin to find for those, you begin to look for those who have like uh, like characteristics or like, uh, let me rephrase this. It's easy to find someone who has characteristics just like you. I could go to 14. I'm going to read it to you. I'm talking about Judas, if you will. And Judas himself, he was after God, and and he pursued the Lord. Until the Lord, some things happened he didn't particularly care for, and I won't go into a lot of details. But one thing that he began to do, he began to seek someone who had like passions. And one thing about you and I, when you and I have like, like passions, we have a tendency to get people on board with us. Okay, let me give you an example. <clears throat> Let's say that you like that you have a, a tendency to be rebellious. Anybody have a tendency? Don't show your hands. But if you have a tendency, if I'm not, this is very serious. If you have a tendency to be rebellious, you will watch yourself over a period of time find somebody and bring them into your life, even right in the church, that have the same nature as you have. And it is raised, it may be very subtle, it may be, be very subtle, and no one else may not notice it too much, but you just watch little characteristics about the people that you begin to uh, choose to be your uh, running mate. Now, we all need friends, we all need things to, to, together in the church, but in this particular passage, I think we need to look at something else. Okay, so here's Judas. <clears throat> I knew that John didn't sound anything like Mark. There's Judas, and verse 10. And Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to betray him him unto them. And when they had heard it, they were glad, and he promised him to give him money. And he sought how he might conveniently betray him. I wanted you to go insolent. He, find, he went to find people with like thinking, the same mentality. It's easy to know that if he went there, he was going to a, a great company that could give him the authority, the, the money with it. Okay, slow down. <clears throat> Number two. How many, how many of y'all know why the Pharisees and, and priests and things in the church 
didn't like Christ. They felt threatened by him. And, and so he was going to a place that would welcome his, and his thoughts of iniquity, if you want to say. And when he went to them and talked to them about betraying the Lord, they agreed with him wholeheartedly and told him how much they would give him. <clears throat> now what happens, well, let's just go ahead and go to, Acts, to Matthew 27. Matthew 27 and verse 3. Judas, when he had betrayed him, when he saw that he, was, what he was, that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver unto the chief priest, saying, I have sinned and I have betrayed innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and he departed himself and hung, hung himself. I want to ask you, this guy had known all the right things and experienced so many good things, but a little, little bit of jealousy in. And I've watched people over the years who've got a little thing begin to bother them and begin to bother them maybe in the church or maybe in, in friendships and, and throughout time. And they begin to run to find other people to find uh, like people, if you will. And they begin to fall into the same nature and they, become to get, they begin to get influenced in a very uh, speedily way. I want you to bear with me just a minute. I get sidetracked very easy. Nothing you are doing is sidetracking me. In our lives, influence, it goes a long way. Because it takes us down paths we never, we never would have went before. I'd like you to go second Samuel, if you will. Second Samuel and sixteen. Have you ever had anyone try to get you to go somewhere or do something with them that you know you shouldn't do? And when I was in high, in junior high, actually sixth grade, I've told this story before too. I'm going back to my memory bank to what little I have left and, and trying to bring up some of this stuff. But there was this guy, his name was Ronnie, um, Ronnie Sizemore. And he was kind of a big kid, bigger than the rest of us. I was the little puny guy and he was the big guy. And, and I still had, I always had a stand for what I believed. And, and I didn't believe in a lot of things. And some of you might get offended at this and I don't mean it to, but, but I wouldn't dip, I wouldn't chew, wouldn't do anything like that. And, uh, and this guy came up to me and said, Dwight, uh, handed us tobacco here, want to take a chew. No, I don't want to chew, take a chew, I don't want to chew. Had another guy with me, and they ended up holding me outside on the pole, put my arms behind me, put me back. And he held me, and the other guy took it and crammed the tobacco in my mouth. And I know it was no big deal, it wasn't really bullying, but... Um, but the thing would have been simpler if I was simply, I've allowed their influence to take effect. And it bothered them, and it, it bothered them a lot that I was the one who stood in the gap, stand in the gap, but stood against anything that would, they would want me to do. So, after saying that, let's read 1 Samuel chapter 16. The words of our enemies always have an impact upon us. 
the words of an enemy always have an impact upon you. How many of you have ever had somebody make fun of you because you didn't do something? Yeah, you know, go ahead and jump, go ahead and jump, no big deal. And you, and you jumped and you, uh, I don't know what the deal is on that. But <clears throat> chapter 16, verse 11, get my thoughts together. And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold my son, which he came out of my bowels, seeketh my life. And much more may, may this Benjamite do it. Let him alone and let him curse, for the Lord hath bidden him. That it may, it may be that the Lord will look on my affliction, and that the Lord will, will, will requite me good for, this cur- for cursing this day. <clears throat> and David and his men went by the way, and Shimei went along the hillside against him. And cursed as he went and threw stones at him and cast dust. The whole time this is David the king and, and he was being facing opposition from someone who was on the hillside and acting full and cussing him and, and saying a few things at him and, and putting him down. And, and one of his men said, David, let me go strike it down. He said, no, let's let him continue to do it. Maybe, maybe some of the things he said is true. And maybe, maybe God himself allowed this to happen. But you always have people who always won't, who always disagree with you, and isn't that normal? People that disagree with you and people that try to influence you in a way that that is some against your very nature, and they say a lot of improper things to us and threats to us bodily. But be wise; you will be influenced or intimidated to be something that you're not. Influence is just is not just to be like others; it's to be something more. And one thing about influence, it is something that we've all been affected by. And my last point is in John. That's your cue, John chapter five. I'm gonna take my time on this one if I can. People that influence you the most are those that you hang around the most often. You said that earlier. But I want you to think about, in this particular case, how many people were here. In verse 3, verse 2, and there is Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And these lay great multitude of, of impotent folk. And I, and I focus on something very heavily on that. He said that there lies a great multitude there. And I don't know about you, but I think there would be a lot of a lot of depressing um, people in this particular place. Of if it's a great number of multitude, I don't know if it's hundred or two hundred or just people with, with with physical ailments that don't get that are looking for the troubling of the water, but they can't get it. And I don't know about you, but how many people in that in, in all the group that was there was their mentality right? Was their thinking right? Were they just going there to go there out of habit, a routine? Or were they going there because they wanted to receive something that was different? And this particular day, Jesus walked by and, and he said, well, let me read it to you. For an angel, the, for an angel went down a certain season to the pool to, 
to trouble the water. Whoever first in it attended and first after the attending of the water stepped in was made whole of whatever disease. And, with, and, a, and a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. And Jesus saw him. He knew, been, he knew that he had been now a long time in that case. And he said unto him, will thou be made whole? The impotent man said, Sir, I have no man to, when the water shoveled to put me into the pool. But when I'm coming, another step it down before me. And I thought it was very, very important. Although there's multitudes of people there. This guy had a mentality of the Lord. He still went every day. He still anticipated something. But he went, every, went every day thinking that somebody was going to miraculously put him in the water. Or did he go just for the camaraderie? How many times do we go just for the camaraderie? How often do we really go there to receive a healing or receive, or even just to be different? But we're influenced and we go to the same place, same place, the same day, day after day, and we begin to get more and more ingrained in our thinking. And Jesus said, you've been there, wow, a long time, 38 years. And could you imagine being at a place for 38 years around the same people, with the same problems, with the same issues, so you continue to live it the same way? Same way, the same way. <clears throat> I wonder what they talked about. Wonder what the mentality of those people, people were those people were. Wonder what they said to each other during the day. Well, my my knee is really bad or my ankle is really bad or what will be really the problem but in, but in verse 6 when he said without be made whole it was something different it was hard for him to believe that anything could happen to him because it always had the same things happening in his life and every one of you right now there is some blockage in, in your mind that you have a hindrance oh I can never receive anything from God or never has anything from me because it's all you've been around it's always been around, this influence has always had this negative, negative influence upon us. Can you believe anything positive? Can you be made whole? Can life be different than it has been? Or any different, are you, in, are you condemned to be the way you've always been? I listened to a preacher. Last night I was in my in the house and he was telling how wrong Joel scene is and blasting him pretty bad. But listen to him. And some of the things he was taking in the content context that Joel said. But I began to think about what it was. You may not like Joel, it, it doesn't matter. But if I believed everything that this one guy said, I would be so beat down, so discouraged, I can never receive my healing. I could never receive anything that God has for me. Because I always got to think that every, he was thinking was, everything's always a directory. There's, there's always heaviness over everything. And it was almost oppressive. And I read, and I, so I went to Ephesians chapter 3. And I know there's a lot of hardships in life. I know that everything isn't sweet and rosy and, and wonderful all the time. 
But if all you're listening to is the junk that makes you think that life is really stinky and everything's really bad, it's always the worst it can possibly be. There's no re- way you can read this scripture and think there's any hope for me. But I've read this scripture, I've read this scripture, and I believe there is hope. And I believe there is healing, I believe there is deliverance, and I believe there is miracles in my life. And I believe that all of us, as long as we listen to the other stuff, we're always going to be co- confused. And in this, in this passage, 3, 320, now to him that is able to exceedingly abundantly, to do exceedingly abundantly what you think and what anybody else thinks, what you've always heard, he's able to do more, just a little bit more. And you may have experienced a little something in the past, but I believe that in our, in our minds that we can experience a little more, a lot of, a little more often than what God has for us. I want you to bow, bow your heads with me. You can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Boy, I know it's hard to sit and listen to me all the time, and, and I, don't know, I know it is. My friend, if you've ever been a victim, and I don't mean a victim like we hear today on the news all the time, but you've been in your whole life, you've been around a, a certain mentality that you're never good enough and that God never really has anything good for you, that, that living for Jesus is oppressive and it's, it's hard, it's, it's, it's not enjoyable, that suffering for Jesus is what it's all about, then, friend, it's just, it's just for you. But if you're here this morning and you have a hard time with understanding all the things about God and understanding that He could actually be good for me. that so many of us, us struggle with accepting more and, and receiving more is we like the, the crippled man with all the, the hundreds of masses and, and multitudes around him and, and we get so caught up in all of our burdens and all of our inabilities that we can't really see that God has got more in store for us. This man never seen in 38 years that God has in store for him to be healed. You could have told him that 30 years ago and by this time he would have given up. But when he finally came, he stood up, his ankle bones received their strength, and he's able to receive. And I'm telling you, folks, if you're here this morning and you're struggling, if you're struggling, I'm going to ask you to stand with me. If you're struggling in any way that you can receive healing, you can receive a deliverance, you can receive anything that God has for you. We're going to sing here in just a second. But give him everything you have and trust him with all that you are. And believe in the Lord and give him your...
maybe not the most appealing preacher this morning in, in a lot of ways, but I know this, that a lot of us have been, been victims of, of junk that we've heard for so long that we don't have any liberty, we don't have any confidence, we don't have any freedom in our walk with the Lord. But Lord, just, I'm just telling you, the Word has got a lot more for you than what you've experienced. He's got a lot more for you than, than you ever thought was ever possible. And if you need to get up out of your seat and come up forward and stand, we're going to pray with you. We're going to believe God for you in your life in ways you never have before. Would you come now?